Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your humble host, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live from lovely, always lovely Austin, Texas. And you know, Julie, this is a the ending of the four-part series on your 12-month lead generation plan. And I have to say, of all the topics we've presented in the past, say, year, this has been the one I've had the most positive feedback on in terms of emails from listeners um, mm-hmm. asking for more information about lead generation. And here's, I'll tell you straight up, the reason I'm so enthusiastic, excited, pumped up about this topic is because to a person of all the people I've had communicate with me, and guys, this is the number one real estate coaching radio show. Um, we're going to we're uh, closing in on a million uh, listeners or and listens. We have typically around 100,000 of you listen every 30 days. I mean, you know, listen at least once. Most of you listen every day. So, I mean, this show has a lot of reach. And the big takeaway I had from any time we present a topic like this, but this topic in particular, is that you guys are sick of buying leads. And (laughs) I salute you for that because I'm sick of hearing you guys about having to go Mm. through the pain and anguish and expense of buying leads. So for those of you who get it, that ultimately your success is going to come from you learning how to generate your own business primarily, and if you want to buy leads secondarily or maybe never, then that's your prerogative. Those of you who have been with us for a long time, coaching students, you know that we're huge advocates of you guys learning how to go after your own business, not having to be reliant on the portals and everybody else that wants to sell you mostly buyer leads. That is where the money will always be in this business. The rest of you who are constantly chasing the rabbit of, you know, I'm going to buy a buyer lead or buy a seller lead, you guys will forever and ever never have the level of success that those uh, agents out there who embrace the fact that this business is about learning how to generate their own leads and having those leads be primarily uh, listing leads. And that's what makes uh, this topic in particular so exciting because one of the things that we want all of you to do is have the mindset that a successful real estate business, any successful business, by the way, is uh, built on having at least seven different proven lead generation sources. And the analogy we use, going back to the show uh, that we did uh, three shows ago, is that it's like a bicycle wheel, right? So the bicycle wheel, the more spokes it has, the stronger the wheel is. Most of you guys are rolling around on one spoke, maybe one and a half spokes. Uh, maybe that spoke is uh, buying buyer leads, you know, and you're realizing, oh, my gosh, the buyer leads, uh, you know, the quality is going down, the cost is going up. Or maybe you're overly reliant on, say, a geographic farm that you're doing postcards. Or some of you who threw all, you know, doubled down on social networking a few years ago, you're realizing that doesn't work like maybe you'd hoped it originally would work. And, you guys, that's the reason you have to have multiple spokes on your wheel. And when you do, when one of the things stops working, when one of your spokes shows weakness or even breaks, you will have other sources to make up, uh, you know, the, keep the integrity of your lead generation wheel rolling down the road without even having to slow down. And one of the primary spokes that we want all of you focusing on is absolutely positively your centers of influence and past clients. Now, again, a recap from uh, two shows ago now, and then Julie's going to get to point number eight, is that you have to not be going after your, you know, essentially lead generating from your centers of influence and past clients the way it's traditionally been done. 
And the way it's traditionally been done has mostly been by, you know, little tchotchkes or little gimmicky things or newsletters or, you know, things that are basically designed to be passive that don't truly bring any value to your center of influence and past client person. The concept is that, you know, the, the, the mindset is, and maybe this was valid 30 years ago, is that if you're dropping off forget-me-not seeds in April and pumpkin pies in, you know, October or whatever, that if you're the only one doing it, then now that novelty of that uh, thing that you're offering this person will eventually make it so that they'll want to uh, feel almost obligated to send business back to you or send you a referral. I get it, right? But here's what happens. Over time, and, you know, and it's not that much time, that the person that's on your list, they've been dropping these tchotchkes off, they're getting the same thing or something similar from somebody else. So maybe they filled out a form on a website, maybe they went to an open house themselves, maybe a friend or family member got a real estate license, imagine that. You know, and so now what's happening is they're getting three pumpkin pies in October, and they're getting 15 bags of forget me not seeds in April. And now you look, and you, and that's you know, it kind of makes you look kind of swarmy. So, the mindset that you need to adopt is that the most successful agents, and not just realtors, but any kinds of salesperson, what they're doing is they're forgoing for the most part any of the passive electronic means of communication and they're going back to what a lot of you would label old school they're picking up the phone you know they're in some cases going to the door but they're doing what other people aren't willing to do and as a result of that they're having successes that other other people will never have because again they're willing to go directly in front of the person now Again, having been a coach now for most of my adult life, I know a lot of you, the idea of having to pick up the phone or actually having to go make a face-to-face contact, make your skin itch or your teeth itch or whatever else itch that you might need to go see a dermatologist about. And I get it. So what you and what we are doing for you is we're telling you and giving you some specific ideas, and you guys can adopt these however you'd like, so that when you are thinking about calling that center of influence and past client, when you're thinking about picking up that phone, when you're thinking about knocking on the door, you're enthusiastic about it because you know they're going to warmly receive whatever it is that you have to offer. Why? Because simply for the fact that it is of tremendous value to them. Now, we've already gone through, I think, the first seven months, Ms. Julie? Yes, that's right. So if you are ready, we will jump into point number or month number eight for August. So August is kind of a lost month for some of you, some of you by design, some of you by mistake. Either you're, either the kids in your marketplace have just gone back to school or they're getting ready to go back to school. People are sneaking in the last of their summer vacations. It's just a weird month for a lot of you. We know that from hundreds of thousands, probably millions at this point, of coaching calls, not to mention from our own real estate practice. So we're keeping August kind of light because of that. And August should be your month of open house fest for lack of a better word, hold all of your listings open on the same weekend. Utilize our open house strategies if you're a coaching client. We have a whole section on that. Enlist your team, your agent, friends, etc. to have a tour of homes type of a feel to your open house weekend. Raffle off gift certificates to your most popular restaurants, which incidentally gets them to sign in without you strong-arming them. Have little raffle tickets that go into a big fishbowl where they get the gift certificate to the restaurant. Then you have all their contact information because guess what? If they're going to win that, they have to give you their phone number. That's been working brilliantly for our coaching clients. Your open house weekend should consist of the following. Ten directional signs for each home. Now, if you've got two listings on the same street, use your brain and you know maybe you don't need to have 20 signs. But generally, we recommend ten directional signs for each home. Door knocking and invitation to the neighborhood on the day before the open house. Sneak preview for neighbors and friends only. 
followed by the general public open house. Now you could do that by splitting it up into a Saturday for the sneak preview and a Sunday for the public open, or you can have it first two hours are for the sneak preview and then the second two hours are for the general public. Just depends on the house, the neighborhood, and your market. Require well, Julie, a, the, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. sorry to interrupt. Require signing a book was your next point. I know. And because this is this is a cheap, easy now, I don't have any listings as some of you are what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. No problem, hold other agents' listings open. Well no <laughs> worst case, no agents in my office have any listings. Ask to hold other agents uh, listings open. Okay, so let's say you work in a, uh, in a really robust, uh, exciting, fast-selling environment. Go to the other offices, go to the other agents that you're friendly with, and say, let's do this together. And then you put an ad in the paper, or you what we used to do is we'd put flyers in the paper. Flyers inserted into a local paper are always going to be cheaper than advertising. So we'd get a bright fluorescent you know, flyer, and we called the Harris Sunday Tour of Homes, and then we had a whole bunch of directional signs um, that we would set up. Now, we did this idea every Sunday. We just didn't do it in August or September. We did, you know, we did it every weekend. But then we'd have buyer agents hold the houses open, and they'd be in each house for like an hour, and then they'd rotate to another one. But the moral of the story is, is that when other people are on the beach, your other people being your competitors, you need to be at home beating the drum. You need to do what they're not willing to do when they're not willing to do it. So in August, which is traditionally a vacation month for a lot of people, I get it, um, opposed to you having the mindset of going on vacation, you have the mindset of you're going to use the lack of competitors to basically make it so that your message could easily be heard. And then all your um, potential sellers out there, you know, and all the existing sellers out there are going to see that you are willing to do something during a month when most other agents aren't. That will make a huge, huge difference mindset-wise. And the most important thing about doing it in August is it gives you something to work on, it gives you something to be enthusiastic about, and it doesn't allow you to slow down and lose momentum as you go into fourth quarter, which is really the setup for first quarter of the following year. So, Julie, you wanted to talk about the signing Exactly. Exactly. So you're going to require that they sign in to enter the raffle, Then you're going to follow up on all of those leads the same evening to let them know they won, they didn't win, what have you. That's your excuse, but you're following up. Now, what does this do? It should boost your fourth quarter production with both new buyer and seller leads. Don't forget that many buyers do have a home to sell, but most agents don't ask them, especially open house people, quote, this is right from our scripts, which home in the area are you considering selling? So we're not just doing this for the sake of open houses and keeping you busy and off the streets. This is so that you can boost your fourth quarter lead sources, especially those of you who are going into colder weather where you're going to need an abundance of leads going into fourth quarter. So that's what open house palooza or whatever you would like to call it is meant to do for you. So, And I'm going kind of fast today because there's a lot to get through, but go ahead. Brokers, office managers, team leaders, um, you know, you're going to have times of the year where you feel your sales staff are starting to lose momentum, August being a big momentum loss month, obviously November and December, momentum loss months. You guys know when your black holes are during the, time, during the course of the year. If you're not sure, just look to when your sales are. So when you know that you're going to have a looming, normal, organic time where you personally allow yourself to slow down, but you don't want to lose momentum because you're realizing this is probably the best market of our entire adult lives as far as to sell real estate. Well, so then here's your approach. Do what Julie just said in point number eight for August. And if you, for example, know that you have normal slowdowns uh, maybe at the middle of every month. So what you start doing is you start doing open house palooza the second weekend of every month. That just becomes one of your things. You know, the more activity 
that you do, the more you are in action, the more results you're going to get. There's a 100% undeniable direct correlation between your effort and your results, and you know it. And by the way, guys, be really, really clear. Sending a bunch of emails, uh, meticulously organizing your database to send a bunch of emails, uh, doing a bunch of online lead generation is not the same as what we're talking about. Now, we're not saying don't do those other things, but we're saying do the other things that don't cost you any money that are ultimately more effective first because then you'll have more money to spend on some of the other things. Make sense? Julie, let's talk about uh, point number nine or September. Yes, and I put this as September slash October because this is kind of involved. This can become a very big event, and it does take some planning. It's also one of my all-time favorite events, and of all the things that we ever did, probably the one that I still hear the most about. So what is it? Well, it's Pumpkin Fest. Host your Pumpkin Fest at your home, your neighborhood, uh, your neighborhood clubhouse, depending on how you're set up, the school, the library, or rec center. Start planning this October event during September because there is some setup involved. Partner with people at your, uh, from your center of influence if you can, local charities and other contacts to make this a significant event in your year. You'll need to determine where and when you're going to do it first. After you have your date and location, you're going to identify a local pumpkin source to purchase pumpkins at wholesale. Usually, Typically, they're about $2.50 a piece, and you sell them retail for about $5 so that you're not more than the grocery store pumpkins. That's typically how it works out, but, you know, give or take for your market. You'll sell the pumpkins and donate the proceeds to a charity, ideally a charity you're already involved in through your center of influence or something important to a past client of yours, so we're connecting the dots here. Be sure to advertise the event well in advance via your local newspaper, email, postcards to your database, post on social media, of course, personally calling to invite everyone. You can send a bomb-bomb video with pumpkins all around you. Make this a fun event. So the secret to this, it can turn huge quickly. It did for us. I think part of that is because the kids make their parents to show, uh, show up. So especially in the neighborhoods that you're farming, this can be a really huge, really awesome event. So make sure that you've planned it out. First time we did it was at our house. Then it escalated to the local elementary school front lawn, and it just got bigger from there. So there's but, lots of ways you can do this. Go ahead. Well, we talked about uh, a couple of finer points to this point um, on our previous shows, but it's worth mentioning mm-hmm. again. Again, I'm thinking about offices. I'm thinking about team leaders. I'm thinking about all the ways this can be used. Um, so we're gonna, I'm going to scale slightly uh, and give you guys more details the way we did it that made it really successful. Number one is you want to call the American Red Cross and tell them that you want to host a blood drive. When you do that, you tap into the American Red Cross's uh, incredibly well-organized marketing machine. They'll do press releases. They'll do telemarketing into the community of people that have donated blood in the past. Um, and they do. They have a really, really finely honed system for getting donors in there, which will, in essence, get more people to your event, which will, in essence, get you lots of free publicity. You will have the local TV stations show up and interview you about this event. Now, um, now the way to make the, blood, uh, the Red Cross want to uh, be involved is you have to essentially let them know that what you're going to be doing to promote the event so that they see that essentially you're making some effort. Julie mentioned doing it at the elementary school. That was great for us, but you could also do it at a local park with permission. You could do it at your office. You could do it any place. Um, now, tie it in with other charities. It will also basically benefit. Let's say there's a local no-kill pet shelter. Remember we talked the other day um, for your spring idea, buy or sell with me, adopt a pet for free. 
So maybe you have your uh, local No-Kill Humane Society come up, and they do um, some kind of event where they're going to try to literally get animals adopted. Again, another opportunity for you to be getting the advantage of having the um, you know publicity from having uh, aligned yourself with this particular charity. And guess what? You now learn for the Red Cross, you're going to be uh, getting blood donations, and obviously you're helping uh, animals find homes. I mean, these are all good things. And then the pump, the money from the event can go to the Humane Society, or as Julie suggested, um, if you're aligning yourself with, say, for example, a business, and they're having you do the, biz- the event at their, uh, par- in their parking lot or at their location, then maybe they have a charity that you, you guys can let your creative juices, let your, we don't need to spoon feed you every tiny little detail. We're giving you guys the ingredients, and a lot of you are elegant bakers, and you're going to come up with the most beautiful thing ever created or ever. You're going to take our ideas, and you're going to make them a million times better, and we want you to share with us the success you have from this. But again, it's going back to the recurring theme of everything Julie and I ever do, which is called getting off your butt and taking action, taking responsibility by being proactive with going out there and being of service. Everything that we ever talk about, all these points that we've shared with you uh, from this four-part series, is about what? helping others being of service. If that is your dominant thought in your head, guys, you know, that is what's going to drive all your other actions. So when you're trying to decide about this pumpkin event, you know, think about all the people that you can directly help. You could do something similar to this idea uh, for, um, let's say, um, Toys for Tots, which is a popular event that people do towards the end of the year that's tied in with the fire departments. You could do something where you're, uh, if you're, if you're very, uh, if you feel personally tied to any particular charity in any way, have that be your thing. If there's something that comes up, Julie and I did when we sold real estate. Now, this was a couple decades ago, but when we sold real estate after September 11th, we did an event at our house that was hugely more successful than we possibly could imagine. And what we did is we basically said, we're going to have this party. It's going to be basically, you know, I don't remember even what the theme was, but I do remember that we asked everyone to bring food that we are donating to the local um, homeless shelter. And we had so much food, we had to go rent a U-Haul truck. (laughs) True. Okay? So you guys can do stuff like this, too. And, and again, it gets your juices flowing. It puts you in a position of being of influence and helping other people. And it makes it so that you feel connected to your community and your community feels more connected with you. You build your center of influence list. You obviously gather information while people are there. And the next thing you you know what happens is you start seeing transactions from it more or less within probably 30 to 60 days. Julie? Yes, perfect. So moving on to November, which is, you know, November and December are probably going to be your busiest months after your pumpkin fest. So there are a couple of different things here. First is the Thanksgiving food drive. Partner with an existing food pantry or or other charity like Foursquare or whatever you have in your local town so you know who needs your food donations and arrange for that entity also to pick up the items. Have your database bring their canned and boxed food donations to your home or your office. There's nothing better than having your sphere come to you. That's the whole point of doing it this way. Call your database, email through Happy Grasshopper, video your list with BombBomb, and get a great result. Then personally call them, thank everybody who donated. Another great excuse to be calling and connecting. And then mention your next event, which is the toy drive coming up in December. Now, Thanksgiving, that's the first part of November. The second part, Thanksgiving week, is a great week to give special gratitude. So this is separate. So the first thing was the food drive. Second thing is a special gratitude to your top 25 past clients and select people from your sphere. Now this has to be a drop-by to their home and a personal face-to-face connection 
Otherwise, it's kind of meaningless. So think about who you know from your database who might have a bakery, a gift basket company, other appropriate gift. Ideally, you're going to utilize your connections, but if not, you can simply do a gift of a nice bottle of wine, a pumpkin pie, a candle. It doesn't really matter. It matters more that you're actually stopping by with something and showing gratitude. That's more important than what you're actually giving. Now, the Saturday or Sunday prior to Thanksgiving week is ideal for this project because it might take you a few days to meet with your top 25 list. Map this out for efficiency and plan to spend some time with your people. Now, I've had coaching clients in the past, quite frankly, that thought that the project, and this is why we tightened it up, okay, that it was okay to just drop it off on their front porch, like drop and run, here's your wine, buy. No, the point is to actually connect with your people, guys. I want you spending time with them, connecting, reconnecting, etc. So don't be a drop and run type of person. The whole point is to meet with your people. They're going to invite you in, show you all the cool stuff they did to the house since you sold it to them, etc., etc. Now, will you get a come list me? I'm so glad you showed up today. Bring your sign over. You might. It's certainly possible, and we've had coaching clients where that happens. But really, this is your give back, your showing of gratitude. And, of course, by talking to them and not being a secret agent, you're going to get some referrals out of this. So, again, don't just do the drop and run. Actually connect with people. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, and what we, we did is we'd go Saturday. Right, of course. We'd go Saturday morning. And what we did is we went to a local wine wholesale place, you know, and we bought some nice bottles of wine for our top clients. And our top clients were determined, you know, you can basically anyone that did a transaction with us um, in our in this particular area that also tried to send us a referral. Because we were selling hundreds of houses per year, and we would need a liquor license if we were going to get bottles to everybody. <laughs> but anybody that basically had done a transaction and referred to us, or really there were a few people that we would spoil and treat them as our best past clients, even if they'd own, like, for example, there was a gal that worked at the local Starbucks, Tristam. And she, every morning when we would go to the office, we would stand in the line at Starbucks. Now, you know, we did it so that we were uh, timed out, so we were in line at Starbucks at the time when the line was the longest because Tristam had a great way of making it so we could generate business. She would say, hey, Tim and Julie, how's the real estate market? And, you know, everyone would we'd start conversations about real estate and get clients just from being in line at Starbucks. Well, Tristam obviously got spoiled. Um, (laughs) And, by the way, that reminds me, back when we uh, were doing the – other events that we would do, we always called Tristam, and she would basically allow us, to, uh, she would get that Starbucks store to sponsor the event. This was the um, uh, Starbucks in uh, New Albany. And then they would bring by these two big things of coffee and cups and the whole nine yards. Sometimes they'd even put people there, and they would give the coffee away to people that were donating blood. Again, we're vo- involving as many of the people from the community as possible, and we're having us be the, you know, we'd have us be the center of it. So that, you know, when the press came, when the articles were being written, it would be, you know, Tim and Julie are sponsoring this event with the Red Cross, with this Humane Society, with Starbucks. You guys can see how this is a waterfall of potential opportunity for you to be recognized for making a contribution in a month, you know, and towards the end of the year when a lot of people are of that mindset anyway. So, Julie, let's roll and let's talk about December. All right, perfect. So also a very potentially uh, super busy month with lots of events. So let's start out with Toys for Tots Toy Drive. It's much easier if you work with your police or fire departments who typically already have marketing set up for this. Sponsor their event by collecting uh, for their charity at your office, your home, open houses, etc. You decide how you're going to do it, but since it's already being marketed, it's nice for you to just sponsor that versus having to put it together yourself. So you can personally call to invite your people to donate toys, Send a bomb bomb video for, to uh, do your video actually from the firehouse or the police headquarters so you can promote the event. Make it fun. 
again, the point is for your people to show up. You're going to get them to come to you. So Toys for Tots, very easy to do. Also, clearly giving back to the community, etc. So that's part of December. Now, the next one is a really fun, easy, inexpensive thing to do. And we did a big push with our coaching clients last year on this, and everybody had really great results. They were posting um, you know, from their offices. They were doing the project on Facebook, etc. Really fun. So we call this the wrapping paper project for the top 25 list, possibly more depending on your time and your budget. So start with your top 25 list, probably the people that you already um, did your Thanksgiving project with, and then you can expand if you would like to. Some people actually door knocked with this uh, to their farm area, so you, this can be as big or as small as you want. But here's the project. Purchase inexpensive wrapping paper and gift tags. Now by December, it's all going to be on sale. You'll need a hole punch and some ribbon. You're going to print a little message saying, friends don't let friends get wrapped up with the wrong agent. Who do you know who could use my help buying or selling real estate? Get it? Wrapping paper, friends don't let friends get wrapped up with the wrong agent. And, quote, stick with me for your little gift tag stickers. So you're going to tie your business card, your messages, a sheet of gift uh, stickers to your wrapping paper. You're going to punch a hole in it, tie it with ribbon. And then you drop off each of these wrapping paper rolls to your top 25 list. Some of our coaching clients have used this project um, in the past, no, I got it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Your your Go phone's ahead. breaking up a little bit. Okay. So the bottom line is, is when you you again load your trunk with these rolls of uh, wrapping paper and go around and give out the you know if anything is and everything is going to put you in front of your your past clients and your centers of influence. That's really the main thing here. In December, there's all there's a lot of other things you can do too. For example, you could do a uh, past client appreciation party. Um, at a local movie theater, the movie theater that you rent out a just single, you know, for like Saturday afternoon doesn't cost very much money. Um, and then whatever the local kids, or the, there's always a holiday feel-good kids movie, right? So whatever the holiday uh, feel-good kid movie is, have that be the movie that's featured. Um, Julie mentioned the Toys for Tots thing. That's something we have a lot of passion for. I don't know if you guys have ever researched, but uh, that's just incredible. The Toys for Tots thing is definitely something that you want to involve yourself in. Now, the cool thing is, is that normally you drop the presents off at your local fire station. Well, you can also have the firefighters, again, thinking big, giving you guys the seeds of hopefully some uh, great ideas. You can have the local fire uh, department come to you with their fire trucks, thus creating even more of an event. So if you wanted to do a neighborhood event where you're going to do a Toys for Tots, your house is um, on a particular Saturday is going to be the dropping point, and you're going to have a surprise of the local fire uh, guys show up with their big fire trucks. The kids are going to love that. Please take these ideas seriously, guys. Again, twofold. Obviously, you're benefiting other people. You're helping other people. That is really what your your mantra of life should be, being of service to others. So there's the primary motivation behind a lot of these ideas. But the secondary motivation is, is if you're constantly out there once a month, every single month, and you're making phone calls and you're going and you're, you're doing things that you're excited and proud, I'm proud of to being you know, contributing to the community, you're going to break through a lot of the mindset issues that some of you have that do cause you to have ups and downs in your income. You're going to feel excited and proud to be an agent. You're going to feel excited and proud uh, to have the opportunity to make a contribution uh, to, the, uh, to you, com your community primarily, but all, obviously overall um, to the real estate industry. You're going to set the bar for the other agents to follow when they see you that you continuously are out there trying to help. That really is what we are in this real estate industry. We're not takers. At least that's not what you should be. The best agents are the givers. They're the contributors. They're always there to help, always there to be of service. You know what I'm saying is true. So do you become that person by following some of these ideas? Now, coaching clients, obviously, we drill down a lot more. 
and we give you guys more specific over-the-phone scripts and things of that nature. These past few shows were just mostly about exposing you to the concepts of how you can go about being in front of your centers of influence and past clients. Some of you that are financially maybe a little bit short of wanting to do some of these more expensive ideas will then scale them down and do them so they don't have any cost or get some local businesses to uh, contribute or go to your broker and say, let's do this as an office. You guys can do this in a million different ways. Please don't follow the patterns most brokers do and most agents do, where you just assume, oh, it's going to be slow, you know, as soon as kids go back to school, so, you know, we're going to start running, you know, half-time hours. It amazes me that you guys have been in the business for long enough, most of you, you've seen this too. As soon as it's about October 31st, around Halloween, you drive past any major real estate office and there's like nobody in the office. And in a lot of markets, real estate offices go to like part-time hours. What message are you sending to potential sellers that you guys are basically on holiday hours? I mean, come on, do some- You've checked out, all right? So if there's anything, it's time for us to check out. If there's anything we can be doing for you at any time, please request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Guys, hopefully you can pick up that we love helping you. We absolutely positively, uh, you know, we have to remind ourselves that we know ultimately when we're talking to 100,000 people, let's say, on the radio show who will eventually listen to this, we know that not all of you are going to get it. We get it. We accept that. That's okay. We know ultimately we're being really effective with our mission in life of being of service to others if we effectively reach 10% of you. Now, am I happy with that? No, of course not. I'd love for all of you to have it resonate within you that you're here to be of service to others, that your highest and best use on this planet is, is helping others. I'd love it if all of you got that. That would be incredible. But not all of you are ready or willing for that message so that so that the 10% of you that do get it, that are ready for it, that are absolutely positively in harmony with what we're saying and how we're saying it, please set the bar for your community. You be the leader. In this time, you know, in, in this economy and, uh, you know, at this time of year and all the rest of it, we need leaders and that's going to be you. So if you're having our message resonate with you, it's because it's time for you to step your game up. You be motivated. You be the leader. You you essentially get other people into action and to embrace what a truly incredible opportunity this industry is. If there's ever anything we can be doing for you, you always, always have us just one click away at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Please reach out anytime you need help, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks and have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.